What's going on, Commanders fans, and welcome back to another episode of Command Fan. I'm your host, Tay Edwards, and I am joined by Scott Abraham of ABC7 News DC. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Tate, great to be here. Thank you so much. Sweet. So I'm sure it's been kind of crazy the last couple of weeks with the new head coach being hired and Adam Peters being hired, and it's been a really like kind of monumental time in in the commander's history because we're trying to turn around after getting rid of Dan Snyder not really getting rid of him but he sold the team to Josh Harris and and that ownership group um but how is how is like the vibe in DC right now as far as Dan Quinn and maybe your your thoughts on Dan Quinn before and after the presser as well yeah I think there's a lot of hope and excitement and optimism with Dan Quinn and Adam Peters the new general manager Uh, Remember, this Washington fan base is, they're sick of losing. They're sick of mediocrity. They want to go back to those glory years of the early 90s and the 80s of when they were winning Super Bowls, competing for Super Bowls. And they're hopeful that these two guys, Peters and Quinn, can collaborate and have this partnership to set this franchise in the right direction. And I was at the opening press conference for both individuals and Listen, they both won the press conference, but as I tell everybody, right now they're just words. I want to see the action. I want to see the proof on the field. And Quinn is assembling his coaching staff, and there's some big names there with Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. And, you know, they're they're names. Like I said, they're names, they're words. You got to see the proof. You got to see what it's like on the field. And the big question mark is going to be the quarterback. Until they figure that out, Mm -hmm. Tate, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. That's what's holding this franchise back is getting that franchise quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like we haven't had a franchise quarterback, quote-unquote, since Kirk Cousins in the RG3 days. And unfortunately, the drama with the franchise tag with Kirk Cousins and eventually he walked to go to Minnesota. And he's a free agent this year, so we'll see what happens. I, I think he stays with Minnesota, but but we'll see. Yep. Um, and... Obviously, DQ. He had a. I think I thought he had an amazing press conference, as as you just did say that as well. But I want to know your thoughts on the staff he's just recently hired, with notable names with Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. from Dallas. But I personally love the Cliff Kingsbury hire. But what do you think of the whole staff he's assembled so far? What I like about the staff is there's a lot of familiarity with the NFC East. A lot of coaches on the staff have worked and coached with other teams in the NFC East. So to make the playoffs, the easiest path is to win your division. So if you handle business in the division, beat those Eagles, beat the Cowboys and the Giants, you're going to be in good shape. So they're going to have that familiarity with all the teams. And you talk about Cliff Kingsbury, almost like that quarterback whisperer. Look at the names he's worked with, the Mahomes, the Kyler Murrays, worked with Caleb Williams at USC this past season. So He's got the resume, right? He's had his struggles in Arizona. It didn't work out. How has he learned from those mistakes? How can he evolve his air raid style offense? Is he going to run the football? Is he going to be committed to the running game? I think that's a pro- that was a problem with Eric Bieniemy. He's He kind of got pass happy a little bit, thinking he had Patrick Mahomes under center, but he had Sam Howells. And uh, you have a really good running back in Brian Robinson Jr. I'd love to see him get more involved. 
So it's a, it's a coaching staff with a lot of experience, a lot of connections and ties with Dan Quinn. He hired his linebacker coach earlier this week with Ken Norton Jr. They worked together in Seattle, uh, won a Super Bowl together. So uh, all signs are pointing toward uh, a great coaching staff. Let's see if they can get the players to buy into what they're coaching. Yeah, and I agree with what all you just said. I think the familiarity within the division is – that's if you win your division, you're in the playoffs, right? You get a you get a wild card spot. But yep. um, I, I I love the all the um, hires that we've made, keeping Ryan Kerrigan as well. Um, some familiar faces mm-hmm. with um, also Bobby Ingram with the wide receivers coach just got announced today, not even a couple hours ago, yep. I think. Um, but Joe Witt, I think Dan Quinn's spoken really high of him in his presser, so we'll see how he elevates the defense from being what was one of the top five ten defenses in the league in. And now last year was a bottom five defense, just statistically speaking of. But um, I also wanted to ask you about Brian Johnson um, because his his role is like to be determined. Like, what do you have an update on that, or do you have any like insight to what his role may be? I actually just spoke to somebody with the team about an hour ago, and those details are still being finalized. So no official title yet for Brian Johnson. He comes over from the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, had success. And it's just crazy to me how Eagles fans, uh, they go to the Super Bowl last year, and they want to fire everybody on the coaching staff after so-called down season when you know they made the playoffs, almost won the division. Uh, Brian Johnson, maybe he was a little bit of a scapegoat there, but he comes over to Washington maybe with a little bit of a fire and hunger, and I like that where you know you get kind of doubted on and you kind of be the fall guy a little bit. He's going to have some extra fire here in Washington tape. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it really is crazy. It's but of course you're you're in Philly. Their fans are known to be just above and yep. and and more crazier, for lack of a better term. But um, I th- I love Brian Johnson. I think he had a great. He was the offensive coordinator last year when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, a down year. It kind of mm-hmm. all crumbled when I think Jalen Hurts being injured definitely did not help their case. Um, it kind of looked like he wasn't himself when they were in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he uh, his uh, role is. Brian Johnson, the co-offensive coordinator from Washington or from Philadelphia. And then you brought up Eric Bieniemy, how he got a little too pass happy, thinking he had Patrick Mahomes under center and he had Sam Howell, a first year starter. <laughs> but um, why? Can you go more into depth on why Eric Bieniemy didn't succeed in Washington? Yeah, I think it just goes to the disconnect he had with some of the offensive players of, I think there was some frustration, especially from the offensive line, that that put a lot of pressure on the offensive line to pass protect, you know, 75% of the game, and, and that's tough. And I think there was some frustration there from the guys like a Sam Cosme and, and others that they want to run the ball. I mean, that's the identity of an offensive line. You know, outwill the person in front of you. And that's what running the football is all about. And I think, again, I go back to my point of EB, you know, he comes from that pass-happy scheme of the Kansas City Chiefs and those quick passes, wide receiver screens, and quick crossing patterns and didn't necessarily really work out here consistently. They had some flashes, right? They had some really good offensive games. And um, there was a lot of excitement with, holy, wow, look at this offense. Look at how this is humming, and, you know, it's a copycat league, and once one defense has success against 
an offense, then you got to adapt and adjust. And I don't think EB did that, especially in the second half of the season where a lot of the scores were ugly. Yeah, I think in the in the first half of the season we were started off two and zero, first time in years, and we were and we went into Philadelphia, went took them to overtime, and everyone yeah. was probably I would say the most encouraged and had the most hope for the team to be good, and then it felt like it all just crumbled crumbled down from there, and it was really tough to see because I was really rooting for Sam Howell. I, I really did like like him as a player, and I still do. I still I still believe in Sam. I think if we get him a few more weapons and rely on the run game a lot more with Brian Robinson, and we had Antonio Gibson as well as a very good pass catching running back. But um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out here. But so now now we look forward to the future. Dan Quinn and his staff and and Adam Peters get to go to work with free agency right around the corner next month in March. So obviously they're gonna look to look at the roster and necessitate it. And I love the word Dan Quinn is not going to use is rebuild. And as a fan, I love to hear that because I want to win now, but I, I understand. I asked that question in the press conference. That was my yeah, question. Great. Props to you. Great question. Great question, Scott. I love that answer. But um, <laughs> as you look at the roster, they're, they're going to look at it as well. Adam Peters comes from San Francisco, which I'm just going to trust whatever movie makes because he's, he's won. He, his team was in the Super Bowl this year, but the team, he, he, uh, assessed and, and retooled but what are some of the key players that are pending free agents right now do you think they look to resign yeah um uh, on the team like currently uh on the team of washington yeah so yeah i mean there's a my goodness tape uh, I, I look at the the locker room you know and locker clean out day and i'm like a lot of these guys aren't going to be here it's going to be a new retooled locker room and there's a lot of players inside that locker room with expiring contracts like the Cam Curls and the Antonio Gibsons, the Curtis Samuels, uh, the Jeremy Reeves. It'll be very interesting to see how they attack this and how they approach this. Kendall Fuller, also a veteran cornerback, he's on an expiring contract. So uh, I think offensively, I think they may go in a different direction and let Curtis go and let Antonio go. I could see them keeping Cam Curl, and I could see them keeping Kendall Fuller for the leadership and the continuity in the secondary. Cam Curl is a very promising, developing young safety. He's had a lot of great highlight-worthy plays and plays the position well. Kendall Fuller, uh, a cornerback that just, you know, Mr. Reliable, I I call him, because whenever you need kind of a, a big play or a guy to, come up with a third down stop and knock the ball away. Kendall is is a guy you can trust, uh, especially in this day and age of the NFL where you have those big-bodied receivers and uh, it's a pass-happy league. And it, you can never have enough experienced cornerbacks, in my opinion, uh, in the locker room sure. and in the secondary. So I think a couple of those guys would be Cam Curl and, and uh, Kendall Fuller. Yeah, I think I like what you said with his experience. Even before he came back to Washington a second time, he was a great corner, slot corner for us. He's one of the best in the league. And then he went Kansas City and won a won a Super Bowl against the 49ers. Yeah. In, was that 2020, right? Yep. When that when they went to the Super Bowl against 49ers. It was, but, uh, yeah, was it? was, I'm trying to think. No, the 20, the, the COVID year was the was 2020 season Super Bowls in 2021. That was when Brady beat Mahomes yeah, okay. in, in Tampa. Okay. Um, so I think it was maybe the year before. 
Okay, okay, makes sense. Regardless, he won one with Kansas City. Maybe. So good for Kendall, but also with, he could yep. help develop Emmanuel Forbes. Obviously, everyone that watched football, the commanders, Emmanuel Forbes had struggled this season with just kind of confidence. I think that A.J. Brown scandal on in week three really got to him. It didn't really feel like he was the ball-hawking corner that we all thought, but hopefully Joe Witt and Dan Quinn can help him get to where we thought he would be pre-draft, but... Um, and then looking ahead to free agency with players we're going to bring in, because like you said, this roster is going to be totally different. It's going to look very, very different. What are some key names um, that you look that the commanders could look for to to sign this free agency? I'll be honest, I, I don't. I haven't done that deep dive yet in terms of what free agents they could attack and what free agents are available. I will. I do know what positions they have to attack, Tate, and that's offensive line. That's linebacker. Um, you can never have enough um, cornerbacks or secondary help. I think you need some help on uh, defensive ends. You lost Chase Young. You lost Montez Sweat. Who's going to rush the passer, Chase? Uh, who's going to rush the passer, Tate? So it, it's they they have a lot of holes. They have a lot yeah. of needs. Uh, you know, are they going to are they going to sign a veteran quarterback, Tate? I mean, what's going to happen with Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. You're going to go in with a rookie quarterback and Sam Howell with, you know, limited experience. I think you need a veteran quarterback, some type of uh, journeyman quarterback like a, like a Jacoby Brissett. So there's a lot of holes. They have a lot of salary cap space, Tate. So that's a, that's a good thing where mm-hmm. they're going to be able to spend. But remember, I go back to what Adam Peters said in his introductory press conference. We are going to build this team through the draft and you got to take his word for it. So I think, you know, they're going to be smart where they're spending. Uh, they'll want to overpay for a free agent. That They're going to make their money. They're going to make their hay come the NFL draft with all, with all those extra picks that they have. Right. And I was I was going to get to the draft, but I don't think – I want to allude to when the Jaguars went on a spending spree to sign Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, that kind of offseason. I just – I don't think that's going to happen. They'll, they definitely need no. a journeyman no. quarterback for sure, like a Jacoby Brissett. We'll see if he sticks around. But um, – Yep. You said that Adam Peters was going to hit in the draft. That's how they're going to rebuild the team. I guess I shouldn't use the word rebuild because that's not what the word they're going to use. But So with the second overall pick, mm-hmm. who do you think or what do you think they should do with the second overall pick? There's, it's not too often a franchise drafts in the top two, top three of the NFL draft. So you have to be sure – you hit on this pick. Chase Young, did, did, did you hit? I mean, I guess not because you traded him away. That was yeah. um, a miss. He had a great rookie season, got hurt. Don't know what happened with the disconnect between him and um, the coaching staff and giving full effort. So they shipped him off to San Francisco. Didn't work out. The pressure goes up a few notches when the quarterback is in the conversation at one, two, or three, because you are putting all of your eggs in that quarterback's basket. You're hitching your wagon to that quarterback. You better get this right. If you miss on the quarterback, it's going to set you back three years, Tate. This Mm -hmm. fan base has had enough of missing on quarterbacks. When will it be the time that Washington finally finds their quarterback I have hope I believe this is going to be the year they find that franchise quarterback Caleb Williams 
Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Adam Peters, his scouts, they're going to do their research. They're going to figure out who's the right fit for the Cliff Kingsbury scheme. Jaden Daniels, I'm more appealed to him and his skill set. Give me Lamar Jackson 2.0 when I look at Jaden Daniels. I think you need that athleticism, that versatility in the NFL in today's game. The drop back passer, the pocket passer like the Peyton Manning, maybe look like the Drake May. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have somebody that has the mobility like a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, that can go outside the pocket, make a play with his legs, extend a play. Right now, I'd go with Jaden Daniels at number two. Let's say Caden, uh, Caleb Williams is out of the question. You're not going to trade up and give up a King's ransom yeah, to go right. get Caleb. I think you hit your wagon to somebody that's versatile, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that's played in SEC football, that's won a lot of big games, that's gone into hostile environments in SEC country and won football games. I'm going with Jaden Daniels at number two right now, Tate. Yeah, for sure. As as would I, I think. Jaden Daniels, I watched him because I live in Utah, so I'm a huge Utes fan. And I would watch him come here as a, as a Sun Devil when he played at Arizona State. And to see the growth in a harder conference in the SEC is is really encouraging for me, to say the least, because I think his legs helped him a lot, but he's also grown as a passer a lot. And so I, I, I'm really intrigued with Jaden Daniels at number two because – Let's like you said, assume Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick to Chicago, and you'd have to give up ever, a lot, too much, honestly, even too much to get Caleb Williams at number one. So I think Jaden Daniels is going to be. I hope he's going to be the the move. We'll see what happens with with the draft as it is in April. But a lot is pointing and a lot to be encouraged about with Jaden Daniels for sure. Take take uh, the Utes need Cam Rising. They need <laughs> they, they do. need Cam back. They do, and oh, come we, uh, on! Oh my yeah. gosh, they couldn't find a quarterback last year. I killed him. Give yeah, me Cam it's, Rising. It's crazy. I I can't wait for Cam to come back. It's gonna be, and especially first year in the Big Twelve, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be really cool to see the Utes in the Big Twelve and Cam Rising finally back. And the fans. Man, remember that USC game? That USC game was crazy. Yeah, it was. I was in California actually for that game, and there was I was in Disneyland, and we were in the line uh, for a ride, and there was a USC fan watching it, and. It was awesome to be a Utes fan that day or that night. That game was nuts. Yeah, it really was. But um, So, Scott, thank you so much for joining me I'm on Command Fan. And everyone, go follow his social medias on Instagram and Twitter at Scott7News. And, yeah, Scott, thanks so much for joining me. No problem, Tate. Keep up the good work, buddy. Thank you so much.